Today's episode of the Fieldhouse Files is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing or ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to fieldhouse.robinhood.com. That's fieldhouse.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co forward slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes, joined today by Dave DeFour, who rejoins us after a couple weeks of uh, me going with some interviews. You heard Eddie Gill on a, a recent podcast, a Pacers TV analyst. And as I record this, I'm currently in my hotel in Phoenix, as the Pacers are on their second of three five-game road trips this season. Uh, they had a a win in Denver. I can't say a great win other than the fact that it was a win because the first three quarters were horrible. But then we got some storylines, right, which which made up for it, certainly, with Damana Sabonis getting a triple-double, Doug McDermott playing his best game as a pacer and, and making his case for the three-point contest in the All-Star game. And then last night, uh, Monday night in Utah, it was a game we don't need to talk about, Dave. It's one of those you, you burn the tape, you <laughs> yeah. flush it out and, and keep on moving. But otherwise, I think my big takeaway from this last I don't know 10 days or so Dave has been the fact that no matter how ugly the game has been or how close it has been uh, the Pacers have found ways to win and in part that's because Malcolm Brogdon has been healthy enough to play Uh, he's a big reason for that I think Uh, absolutely I mean he's the reason that that they've been really good this year And, and you know we've seen them struggle when he's been out of the lineup and you know it's just good to have him back and healthy because they're missing that that off the dribble dynamic playmaker that that Brogdon is and it's crazy to see one thing I can do is take people a little bit inside the locker room before the game much like most stars he's not talking which is fine but he set that precedence before games at the beginning of the year Um, but one of the big things he's constantly doing when we're in there for a half an hour period before the game is he's constantly stretching more than anyone I've seen in years past now some of that may may happen behind the scenes right for other players and with the massage therapist or in the training room but he is in the middle of the floor just stretching away and I think what I've learned about him over these I don't know first 45 games is how how much of a um, guy he is of his routine because after games like six minutes after games he's already on the training table and he does a system called blood flow restriction which supposedly is supposed to help get him tip-top shape and and stay out there with all these games and so what was interesting Dave was uh, in Denver after that game um, we were waiting for him to talk it was just two of us in the locker room and I literally mean that everybody else had left the players, the coaching staff, they were all on the bus and on the whiteboard at the middle of the locker room, they said the time was nine 15 to be on the bus. They wanted to get to the next city. He had showered at nine Oh six, talked to us at nine 10. And I walked with him to the bus. And at nine 14, he walked on the bus. I go, man, that's a true professional, a leader and a guy that's not going to hold up his butt, hold up the team while at the same time staying with that routine so that he can 
make himself available for this next game, which was the next night. That stuff fascinates me. Uh, yeah, and and in particular because of you know his injuries, right? Like it, it's pretty important to stay loose like that. Yeah, more than more than anyone, because if he's not out there, then that significantly hurts. Uh, I, I think the Pacers' case and chance to win. But um, the schedule eases up a little bit now. These next several games at Phoenix, at San Francisco for the first time, it still feels weird. I haven't got used to saying at San Francisco. I guess it still could technically be at Golden State, but it's no longer right. Oakland. And then we go to uh, Portland to to wrap up um, that trip. But one thing we're we're nearing here is the all-star cases. And we've talked a little bit about it. I think Sabonis will ultimately make his way in. Would you agree with that, Dave? And on top of that, can you see the Pacers getting a second in a guy like Malcolm? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Sabonis is a lock. He has to be. He, he's just been incredible. Brogdon is the question mark, and it's just because he's missed a lot of games. You know, you're going to have a lot of deserving people in the East. I mean, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, you know, the the guards in particular, there's a lot of them. Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry. It, it's going to be tough for, for Brogdon, I think, because of the games missed. But it, it's impossible to argue that his play hasn't been at an all-star level. Right. His worth and his contributions certainly have, have made him worthy. It's just the health and all that. And I had to vote uh, for the, the starters. The only one I hesitated of the 10 spots, five starters for the East and five in the West, was a second guard in the East, Dave. I'm curious where you stood. I thought Kimba was one. But that second spot, I tossed and turned over. Um, what, what, is it Ben Simmons? I see him. I'd love it if he was more a forward, even though I know he technically plays a little bit more guard. Can you go with Trey Young already? He's playing terrific. But how much do you weigh Atlanta being at the bottom of the standings. How would you go with that? Uh, I picked Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons was was one of my my starters. Why is that? Just because of the encore success fantastic. of the team yeah, as well. well? He's been fantastic. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he has been excellent. And uh, let's not forget, he's doing it on both ends. The guy is he's an all NBA level defender uh, on top of the, you know, the things that he does on the offensive side. So, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. Ben's one of those guys I feel like still for me personally. I feel like I need to see more from. I feel like he hasn't shown uh, the type of level that I'm expecting from him. And what I mean by that, too, is like there's a lot of people, especially on the TV shows, right, that talk about their top 10 players. And I laugh when they mention Ben Simmons in there because I'm not sure he's a top 15, top 20 guy, at least in my book, and the level of how he plays and everything. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I think he's like a top 20 to 25 yeah. player. I, I think that. Like he really is very, very good, but he's a he's a case of missing the forest for the trees, I think, because he <laughs> won't shoot threes or jump shots. Uh, it's all people can focus on, despite the fact that, you know, he, he proves time in and time out that he is a winning basketball player. Yeah, maybe to me it was just kind of, kind of in, in this point total and how he impacted the game, especially against the Pacers twice this year. Very mediocre in terms of what you would expect for an All NBA All or an All Star with you know, 15 points, 18 points. He he didn't take over a game necessarily. Whereas when the Pacers played the Hawks, for example, I saw them having to adjust their defense and throwing two and three and four different guys at Trey Young specifically. So that that's another reason I had to think extra long and hard about that. Yeah, but but Trey Young doesn't have anybody else on his team, so you don't you don't really have to guard anyone but Trey Young. So you can load up. You're right. Right. Um, and yeah, you can load up on one guy versus with Philadelphia. It's number one. It's with Embiid because he is just such a dominating factor in this league. Yeah. I mean, it, Joel Embiid is a top 10 player and, and that's the thing. So like Ben Simmons isn't the best player on his own team. And I think that we, we sort of hold that against guys, you know, like I, I when Vic comes back, 
to to the Pacers. Is that happening uh, soon? I haven't heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's next week, right? Oh uh, uh, yeah. That's but when right. he comes In back, when he comes back, you know, a lot of that attention that that has been on Sabonis and on Brogdon is going to be on on Oladipo. And, and what you're going to start to hear is, you know, people will will start discounting the season that uh, that Brogdon and Sabonis had coming, you know, leading into Sabonis coming back. Yeah, and it's going to I think it'll open things up as a result then for everyone else, right? Because assuming what the Victor we expect to be back, he's knocking down shots. That's the one thing I think he's taken his game to a whole different level is his shooting from everything I keep hearing. He tweaked his shot a little bit and and I guess when you can't do much other than shoot for quite a while, that would make certainly make some sense and then with him attacking and less of a, a workload necessarily on Malcolm that's something that really intrigues me is that backcourt, more specifically looking ahead to next year when they have a, you know, six months under their belt together and Malcolm's not playing at 80% either. Yeah. So I, I wonder how he's going to, how he's actually going to look when he comes back. Like the hope is that the shot is there and then the rest can come along. I'm assuming. I, I, I'm expecting him to probably play at 85% if we wanted to throw out a number like that. Um, I'll be curious mostly uh, on the defensive end, right? Because he was an all NBA type defender. Uh, a guy that has the speed to stay with guys in really necessarily physical, but had the, the instincts to poke the ball away and then race down at the other end for an easy finish and transition. I think those sorts of things probably will take some time, but in terms of the offense, I, I don't expect much of a, uh, uh, him to be a shell of himself necessarily. I think he'll come back and mostly be the Vic that we have been used to. He's still doing those race down and transition and pop up threes. He can get to the lane. I think he'll drive and dish and set up guys like McDermott on the, the wing, which could be an interesting thing to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting him uh, to be a complete fall off, even though he has not played. Um, and one thing I'm working on is just talking with guys and looking into guys that have missed seasons and, and returned. And, and, for instance, it was the other night for me with indie product Mike Conley. He suffered a bad injury. I think he played 12 games in Memphis two years ago. And then came back the next year and what that process is like, because I don't think it's something we fully can understand and, and under and deal uh, or recognize what they have to deal with. Because you have to keep in mind, there's nine players on this Pacers roster that Vic has never played a game with. He's never shared the backcourt with Malcolm, not even in practice, because when he has practice, which has been limited with this main group, he's been wearing the yellow jersey, meaning he is with the third unit, not the first and not the second. So the the Pacers currently are only what two and a half games out of the two seed. Is it crazy? Am I thinking crazy when I think that they can be the two seed by the time the playoffs roll around? I don't think so, and I, I see that for a multitude of reasons, Dave. For one, it, will the Miami Heat taper off a little bit? Um, I sometimes I expect that, right? When you have a surprise, so team. many like, rookies, can, you know, can they maintain? Does the season drag out? You're right, the rookies. They haven't been through a season like this, 82 games, and maybe they start getting attention, and that becomes to the detriment. Um, I, I'll give Toronto and Nick Nurse a lot of credit. Remember, I talked in the preseason how I was curious how this season would play out for them and would they decide maybe offloading some parts would be in their best interest in the short term. But, no, they've stayed right there. I've never uh, been a believer in the 76ers team, so I see the Pacers certainly topping them. And the Celtics have been wildly inconsistent. So I see them moving ahead of them as well, unless they figure something out on a consistent basis. So, no, I don't think you're too crazy. Although, um, in terms of Vic coming back, I do expect them probably to have like 
two losses that are inexplicable, right? Where <laughs> yeah, Jake exactly. maybe has that bad game and, and it rubs off poorly on others. You just that inexplicable game because of the transition back to Victor being in the lineup and it throws everybody off. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing is like, you, you know, you've locked up a playoff spot, essentially they've, they, you know, they've got yeah, like a seven six. game lead or something. Right. So uh, there, there's a certain degree of, okay, you've got this fudge factor, you know, you, you can, you can mess up a little <laughs> bit. You're not worried about falling out of the playoffs. So maybe it's okay heading into the playoffs well, let's experiment and let's really push, you know, Vic and, and, and allow him to kind of fail his way back into a groove, in a sense, uh, get used to being out on the court again, you know, having responsibilities and things like that. And then and hope it all gels, you know, as far as chemistry and, and you know, on court results, hope it all gels in time to make a run in the playoffs. And, you know, may, maybe they've got a conference finals run, you know, maybe they catch teams at the right time and and they can get there, um, you know. They're a tough matchup because of the size, and and you know not a lot of teams can can throw out two quality bigs when when Sabonis and Turner are out there. And I can tell you that's kind of the mindset of Victor right now is can't wait till I am back. Look how far we can go. We've already seen that there are at least top six team in the East without their best player out there. Wait till I come back, being Victor, and we can make that run to the conference finals. And and who knows after that? Then I, we can't see them beating the Bucks, not at all. And I don't think, Dave, that's been something that's been talked enough uh, about enough is the fact that not only is Milwaukee winning, but they're just dominating. I think in their uh, average margin of victory, something like 12 points, like that's unheard of. And I love watching them play. Yeah, I, listen, they're they're 39 and six as we record this. And uh, they're they're on pace <laughs> to like win like 70 games. Yep. Like they could be they'd be and four on the road. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, the the net rating is just insane. I mean, they are just pounding everyone, and uh, they have the best player in the league, and the best offense and the best defense. Uh, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, and so pending injuries, of course, I don't see anyone getting by them um, in this conference finals as we look ahead. The stage is set. It's down to the best of the best as we crown the football champion. Don't miss out. Get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all your big game bets in. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including countless prop bets and football squares. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date. Right now, you won't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FAST. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget that's code FAST and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Here in the next couple weeks, one thing that will be happening is trades throughout the league, right? We've already seen a a couple of them, nothing substantial. Um, And as of this point, I'm, I'm not expecting the Pacers to do anything. For one their big move, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, is Victor coming back. And I don't think anybody can make as large a move in the league as, as just that, um, even if he's still not that 100%, which, of course, he's not here. Um, 
approaching one year, by the way, which is tomorrow, January 23rd, by the way. So that's we're approaching exactly one year um, from Victor going down. Now, that said, they also don't, don't have a lot of roster flexibility either, meaning they don't have an available roster spot where they could um, take on a player or two like they did last year for a second round pick, because that's something Kevin Pritchard's looking to do is it's grow assets, gain assets in the form of draft picks or or whatever, what have you. And they don't really have that flexibility either. So unless they want to offload one guy or, or what, have, I, I just don't see anything happening. I don't know about you, Dave. Well, we, we know that teams have called about Aaron holiday, which they, they can't lose Aaron holiday. <laughs> so just go ahead and let's just uh, take that out of there. Like that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think they're going to move Aaron holiday, but outside of that, you know, uh, are teams really like clamoring for TJ leaf? <laughs> Thank you. That's the one big question, right? Everybody <laughs> yeah. keeps saying is like he's fallen out of the rotation. Maybe he needs or deserves an opportunity else or send him to, I don't know, Charlotte or Atlanta or Orlando. Or the G or, League. Or, geez, Dave, wow. Yeah, I mean, send him on somewhere. But you got to realize you, you would probably have to give up an asset to get rid of that asset. Right. You, you're probably going to have to attach a second to, to him right. to, to move off of him. But, you know, I, I just don't think that they don't have a lot of good movable pieces or pieces that, you know, at least make sense that mm-hmm. you would want to move. Uh, they're not worried about the tax. Like, you know, there, there's all these reasons. But but the biggest one to me, as we've talked about all year, is they need to see what this team is when it's healthy and then make an informed decision. So, you know, there was, there's been talk of, you know, whether they should move Sabonis or whether they should move Miles Turner and all of this. They're not making any of these decisions at this deadline. That would be and, just a huge mistake for, for an organization that's, you know, it, it's exercised caution thus far, you know, and, and kind of taking the safe route. Uh, this summer is when we should start looking for some of these moves, not, not yeah. in the next couple of weeks. But you also raised that good point, too, is what about um, moving on from a guy that might be in high demand elsewhere? So the two guys that immediately come to mind are Aaron Holiday, who's kind of your second guard off the bench, or it's probably Miles Turner. I don't see any way you move on for Sabonis, just like you wouldn't from Malcolm or Victor, um, with considering those three and their contributions. That's kind of Indiana's three key players at this point. But you're, to your point, you're right. you got to let this season play out to the fact that we haven't even seen them completely healthy, ex- even excluding Vic for more than a handful of games. So you're still trying to figure out and establish who you are and what you might be able to do um, with the two big men, especially. I, I think the results to me have still been incomplete. It was laughable almost, I will say, in Denver the other night. We saw uh, a big setting a screen for a big. I think it was Miles setting a screen for Domas. That was just kind of funny to me um, as those two still try to figure out um, what they can do. And what we've seen is Domas can be the, the aggressor and he's just going to go out and get that double-double night in and night out, whereas I think Miles has a higher end potentially, but he's also going to have those games like he had in Denver where it's, you know, three points, one of three, and he fouls out. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let's see. So l- looking forward, okay, uh, we've, got, we've got the trade deadline coming up in about two weeks, got the All-Star game right after that. This next two weeks, right, they're going to get Victor back next week. They're going to play a few games. 
then they're going to have time off. I wonder how much that's going to play into uh, the, the success they have coming out of the All-Star break. Like Victor Oladipo being able to play a little bit, get his feet wet, and then having a nice break. Uh, are they going to try to get some practices in maybe at the end of the All-Star break? <laughs> yeah, there will be. There will absolutely be a couple of practices. My guess is they join up again on that Wednesday, which would be February 19th, and then they play in New York on the 21st that Friday. Um, this is one reason why I really like the, the timeline for victory return because number one, you have this home period, right? Where you play seven of their final eight games before the all-star break all at home, meaning he's not traveling. He's not having to go in a different environment and rehab on the road and those sorts of things. He can, he's very much contained to Indianapolis with his physical therapist and the Pacers home setting. Um, And on top of that, they'll get home and have two days before their game against the bulls for him to practice with those units. And they haven't said, they said they're still trying to uh, determine how how they play him, um, whether there's a minutes restriction and whether he's right right in the starting lineup. I think, why wouldn't you, right? You, I, I put him right away in that starting lineup and say, let's figure it out now. If this is how we're going to play the rest of the year, we're going to have growing pains sometimes, so let's just get them over with now. Um, but I, I really like, like this upcoming stretch where they'll have seven of eight of those at home. Then... Um, whether he just needs a break or is, needs a forced break, he's going to get one anyway with that all-star break. And I'm sure he'll be in Chicago regardless, probably for some kind of endorsement opportunities and those sorts of things. He's a big enough name now. But I think it'll be good to see him back out there and, and the way this schedule works out nicely for him. Yeah, it, it definitely an ideal way to come back from an injury, to have a nice little break uh, You know, after, after coming and playing a couple games. I think it's pretty good. And one biggest thing right now that's been great for this Pacers team is that have been relatively healthy. So leading up to Victor's return, there's no min- there's not many significant injuries, uh, really anything other than Vic and maybe Jeremy Lamb's hip um, that we're keeping an eye on. But uh, tonight, Pacers play in Phoenix. Then we'll go to Golden State and Portland to continue on this road trip. I think a successful trip would be four and one. Three and two would be nice, but four and one would be extra sweet. Um, going into Victor's return. But, Dave, appreciate you jumping on with me. Good to talk with you again. And uh, hopefully things are better for you than it is here in sunny and 50-degree Phoenix. It's not <laughs> what I expected when I came here. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Like, everyone just expects the weather in Arizona to always be amazing. And, you know, occasionally you get these days, especially in January. And right. uh, it's disappointing. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Fieldhouse Files. If you haven't done so already, subscribe on theathletic.com forward slash fieldhouse to get 40% off the annual price. And if you could leave a review and five stars on Apple podcasts, and we'll talk to you again later this week.